Record to cloud. Go. Good morning. Welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. So glad that you could be here with us on this first platform of October, uh, whether you're watching the live stream or viewing it later on Facebook or YouTube. Glad to have you with us. We'll be beginning, <clears throat> we'll be starting in just a few moments. Uh, in the meantime, we'd love it if you uh, want to say hi in the chat. Um, if you're new to our community, feel free to let us know where you're watching from, uh, and especially if you're visiting from another of our ethical culture or Unitarian Universalist uh, sibling congregations. Uh, good morning. I see some people uh, chiming in already. Morning to Judy Ohm and Abby and John Dakin and Jeff Mehal. Glad to have you with us. Morning, Brian and Leanne. Hello, Joe. Happy October. Yep. It's had lovely weather lately. <clears throat> Good morning, Donna Taylor. Good morning, Shirley. Hi. So nice to see your name. Morning, Lynn. This is a good time to uh, get whatever you want to have with you for the morning. Uh, you may want to get a candle to light for our candle lighting. Um, you might want your uh, something to drink or a knitting project or your favorite stuffed animal, whatever you want to have with you for our time together. Good morning, Peter. Glad to have you with us. Oh, and <clears throat> if I didn't already mention it, and I don't think I did, um, for everyone to see your greeting, of course, please make sure that your chat is set to everyone. And we'll be starting in just a few minutes. Good morning, Patty and Paul. Good morning, Rajesh. Hello. Hey, Adam. Good morning to you. All right. Well, it is about, uh, well, it's a few minutes in, so I think we will get started. I'm sure more people will be joining us, and I hope they will uh, uh say hi in the chat as well ah good morning mary and mark and ann baker oh you're back in missouri huh okay walter okay um okay all right so opening words this morning are from President Lyndon Johnson's speech before Congress on March 15, 1965, calling for effective federal legislation to protect voting rights nine days after the Bloody Sunday march to Selma, Alabama. In our time, we have come to live with moments of great crisis. Our lives have been marked with debate about great issues, issues of war and peace, issues of prosperity and depression, but rarely in any time does an issue lay bare the secret heart of America itself. Rarely are we met with a challenge, not to our growth or abundance, our welfare or our security, but rather to the values and the purposes and the meaning of our beloved nation. Many of the issues of civil rights are very complex and most difficult, but about this, there can be and should be no argument every American citizen must have an equal right to vote. There is no reason which can excuse the denial of that right. There is no duty which weighs more heavily on us than the duty we have to ensure that right. We begin today's platform with a song from guest musician Alex Wong. Hello, Washington Ethical Society. Uh, my name is Alex Wong. I'm a musician and an artist based in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, it's an honor to be here with you guys. Thank you so much for having me. 
and uh, thanks for making space for my songs. I hope they can contribute to your service uh, in some way. I uh, hope you guys have a wonderful day, and it's great to connect with you guys. Peace. born into an innocent life, far away from the stations that crackle at night, look around, look around, our shelter is gone, the ice is too thin to wander upon. The ice is too thin to wander upon And no one argues These are dangerous times, dangerous times Grab hold of me, grab hold of me These are dangerous times Dangerous times I never thought I'd live to see Yeah, maybe it's true We don't matter at all It shouldn't be so hard To move something so small We made this our home they put us here Yeah, where will they be When it all disappears Where will they be When it all disappears And no one argues These are dangerous times Dangerous times Grab hold of me Grab hold of me These are dangerous times Dangerous times I never thought I'd live to see These are dangerous times Dangerous times Grab hold of me Grab hold of me These are dangerous times Dangerous times I never thought I'd live to see Oh, oh, oh I never thought I'd live to see Oh, oh, oh Such a fine place to build a town Where are we now? Where are we now?
Welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. My name is Perry Bider. My pronouns are he and him, and I'm the officiant this morning. So glad to have you with us for today's platform by Pablo de Jesus, Executive Director of UUSJ, Unitarian Universalists for Social Justice. Visitors from near and far, we especially welcome you. We hope that you'll say hello in the chat and that you might send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas at M-A-C-E-O-T at ethicalsociety.org. You can also fill out a connection form. I believe Maceo has just put that link in the chat. And we hope you'll join us after the platform for a virtual coffee hour for a chance to say hello. Our chat will stay open through much of the platform service, closing for the address itself and then reopening. Uh, if you don't wanna see it, of course, you can minimize that. Each week, we read our statement of purpose as a reminder of our shared values. If you're interested in taking a turn to read the statement of purpose, you can sign up at tiny.cc slash readSOP. Today's reader is West member Peter Bishop, who's been very active in UUSJ. Thank you for all you do, Peter. Thank you, Perry. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person we strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We warmly invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thank you so much, Peter. If you have a candle at home, I invite you to light it now as I share our candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. I'm delighted to have a story to share with you this morning. This is a story about a group that had some decisions to make, and it's called Game Day. Abby always liked school, but she was especially excited about today. Her class had earned a reward, a game day. Their teacher, Dr. Liu, promised that they could spend most of the day playing games. Abby's best friend, Kamal, hoped that they would play his favorite board game. Abby hoped they would play basketball. Before everyone had taken a seat, Kamal was showing everyone the board game he had brought from home. Can we play my favorite game? He asked Dr. Liu. Who has a game in mind that they would like to play today? Asked Dr. Liu. Almost everyone raised their hands. How will we decide which games to play? Dr. Liu asked. Since you're the teacher, you could decide, said Corey. Well, I could, said Dr. Liu, but I would rather the group decide because the decision affects everyone. I think that would be more fair, 
What do you think? Why don't we play everyone's game? Asked Ty. Let's do the math, said Dr. Liu. Everyone groaned. We've just started learning division. Let's see who can find out how much time we would have to play each game. The children added up all the time they would need for lunch in the cafeteria, their visit to the school library, and their music class. Not even three hours were left to play games. The class had 20 students. That meant that if they each played each student's game, they could only play each game for about 10 minutes. No one thought this was a good idea. Some games take almost that long just to set up. We could vote on which games to play, suggested Abby. In my congregation, we say that everyone deserves a say about things that concern them. Everyone thought this would be fair. Dr. Liu invited everyone to suggest games and wrote all their suggestions on the board. Some games needed special equipment, which they didn't have. Dr. Liu asked the children who suggested those games if he could cross them off the list, and they agreed. Dr. Liu suggested a game too. It was a game he used to play as a child in China. If we take a simple vote, most of you will vote for the game you suggested, said Dr. Liu, and that won't get us very far. So I will give everyone three star stickers. Put your star stickers by three games that you would enjoy playing. After everyone has voted, we'll see which games have the most stickers. Everyone talked excitedly while placing their stickers. Dr. Liu tallied the votes. He listed all the games in order of most votes. Dr. Liu said he wanted to make sure everybody got to play at least one game for which they had voted. He pointed to the top three games and said, if you did not vote for any of these games, raise your hand. Two people raised their hands. Dr. Liu pointed to the top four games and asked the same question. No one raised their hands. We will play these four games today. So the game day started. Dr. Liu's game had the most votes because everyone wanted to learn a new game. Kamal was happy that his board game was third on the list. He enjoyed playing it even though he didn't win. When Abby went home, her sister teased her. I thought school was for learning, not playing games. We did learn something today, Abby countered. We learned a new game from China, and we learned about making fair decisions. So ends the story. Each week, we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today, I am particularly mindful of people around the country whose access to the ballot is under attack in state legislatures and of the residents of this very city, Washington, D.C., who do not have the right to elect members of Congress with full voting rights. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to the world around us. Let us hold in our hearts all that hurts in the world. And let us commit ourselves to all that calls for our work and our love. I invite you now into a time of meditation. Please take a moment to get as comfortable as you can in your seat. Stretch anything that needs stretching. If you're comfortable, you may close your eyes or just focus your gaze softly. And please start by taking a few relaxing breaths.
As you continue to take relaxing, centering breaths, I invite you to let the following words wash over you. This is In Our Circle Again by the Reverend Sherry Woodbury. Here we are in our circle again, a circle of vision and reflection, a forum for deciding and empowering. Here we are at the base of another bridge, another space spanning the shores of today and tomorrow, beckoning us to cross the chasm one day at a time. Here we are gathered again at the cusp of the future, at the boundary that holds community together. We are here in a circle of love and trust brought to this moment by a series of choices and promises, by hope and gratitude, by our own shadows faced and befriended. With a servant's heart, with a leader's listening, with a parent's love truer than all our inner trembling, let us model the health we seek for all and lean into community. Somewhere out there, all we dream is possible. Somewhere in here, we are sowing the seeds. In the following silence, I invite you to reflect on the seeds that you have sown or are sowing or would like to sow.
But the storm won't go away Until you climb inside it Let the quiet voice Drown out all the noise Even when they're screaming out I know that your love is louder Let the battle cry Fade away this time Darling, we still have a choice Listen to the quiet voice Yeah, just cause they shouted It doesn't make it true Cause everyone gets the loudest When they're about to Wow, I don't know about you, but that had uh, that had me getting a little teary-eyed. That was lovely. Now it is my honor and pleasure to introduce today's platform speaker, Pablo de Jesus, who serves as the Executive Director of Unitarian Universalists for Social Justice. Pablo has a background in government affairs, advocacy, voter mobilization, and nonprofit development. He's worked on issues such as economic development, HIV AIDS, census errors, Maryland's marriage equality and dream acts, fracking, reproductive rights and immigration, just to name some. Prior to joining UUSJ, he consulted with community-based organizations and nonprofits and worked on issue campaigns in Maryland and Colorado and in the office of the governor of Puerto Rico. He holds a master's in social policy from the University of Maryland School of Public Policy and a BA from Oberlin College. Pablo, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you. Thank you very much, Barry. Um, thank you and good morning. I'm so pleased to be with you today to share in this message of contemplation and perhaps motivation not only because Wes is a founding member of UUSJ, but because you model what progressive, inclusive-minded folks can bring to bear when our minds are trained on collective action for social justice. Special thanks to Peter Bishop for his role as a leader at UUSJ, as a former board member, and current member of the Democracy Action Team, helping our team to understand and engage on DC statehood. Wes should be deeply proud of the work he's done collaborating to sharpen the USJ's impact on that topic and many other endeavors. Special thanks to Nancy Sorden for prior years of service on the board and for being a wise thought leader for justice. And special thanks to Tom Hutton and Robin Kravitz for being excellent collaborators. As many of you know, 
UUSJ regularly uses West facilities prior to the pandemic, and they have been excellent partners in using your space and being welcoming and receptive for events. I want to share with you a, a quote that I had the pleasure of hearing directly from Senator Edward Kennedy before he passed. I encountered Senator Kennedy when I worked on HIV AIDS issues on Capitol Hill. And um, I felt like he had a, a succinct way of putting social justice work into context. Here we go. The work goes on. The cause endures. The hope still lives and the dream shall never die. Today, I'm here to remind you of several things you probably already know, but hopefully to offer some important context. First, that we should all have profound concern for the state of our democracy, that it is in a state of crisis. We know this from the persistent gridlock and preponderance of ideological echo chambers, the resurgent white supremacy activity since President Trump took office, the claims of a stolen election in November, December, and January of this past year or so, and the attack on, Capitol, on the Capitol on January 6th, as well as the ho-hum response to that attack and the efforts to downplay their full implication. And finally, the more than 400 anti-voter bills seemingly designed to exercise legal voter suppression in state legislatures across our nation. Second, that we have a stronger and more healthy human society when we are inclusive rather than exclusive. Third, that our collective liberation depends on achieving this goal for humanity, that the best promise of our democracy lies in the direction of what Reverend Martin Luther King called beloved community. And I would assert that voting rights are a must in the work of collective liberation. At UUSJ, we strive to be aware of and engage in confronting root causes, especially root causes of harm. We envision a just, compassionate, and sustainable world community. And as an executive director, I'm routinely asked, what is the single most important thing that we need to work on in pursuit of our mission towards that vision? And more often than not, I answer the question saying, we need a widespread recognition that I am not, I am you, you are me, and we are all one. That none of us can be free until all of us are free. That we are indeed interdependent as a species, as a nation, as a people, not only with mother earth, but with one another as a community of sentient beings. That our individual liberation is bound up in our collective liberation because that is justice making. The struggle for justice is about sharing. The challenge is about sharing. Sharing love, sharing strength, sharing fellowship and solidarity, sharing belonging sharing possession and ownership of our collective destiny. And for UUSJ, 
It's also about sharing access and privilege. And people are surprised when they get that answer from me. Many don't like the ring of collective liberation. More often than not, people will say, it sounds too hippie. Sometimes they press me for more specifics and I offer transparency and inclusion. And I guess what they expect is for me to enumerate specific bills, policies, and programs of the federal government, or occasionally point to a ruling of the US Supreme Court. But if we have the time to chat, I try to point out that those are actually symptomatic of problems and harms. They're not root causes. To use the language of the Poor People's Campaign, they, they speak to the interlocking injustices in federal policy. They speak to the policy violence in practice, but not necessarily the why, the root cause behind those injustices and policy violence. So I say transparency because without that, we the people, we the governed really, regardless of nationality, can't hold our governors accountable. And this, this thought comes from my previous work on HIV AIDS, where I saw that only well-organized, disciplined, and committed activist communities had any chance of countering the institutional forces and special interests that were arrayed in the policy complex. And so often, knowledge of what and how become the leverage points, the key leverage points, and a catalyst for the very mobilization that is required in order to secure justice. So without transparency, we have little chance for understanding what our representatives are doing for us or to us. And without that knowledge, we have small chance to exercise our maximum capacity for sentience. But this only takes you or us to awareness. What younger folks I often hear calling being woke. Next, we have to act upon what we understand or at least decide whether or not to act. And that brings us in my mind to inclusiveness. My emphasis on inclusiveness comes from my background working in environmental justice matters, especially around Puerto Rico's Vieques, where I learned that you can't make long-term progress on complex issues without having as many parties as possible at the decision-making table. Early on in my career, I worked trying to implement the political deal, the theoretical resolution struck between President Clinton, Congress, and the then governor of Puerto Rico. So I was part of the team on the ground trying to implement real terms under the next governor. And at the heart of that matter was the US Navy's use and abuse of the little island for live fire bombing practices and the harm suffered by its residential population. Yet whenever the institutional actors proposed remedies and solutions without the local population involvement, the plans would unwind. They were insufficiently grounded in the lived experience of those suffering the direct and most pernicious harms. In contrast, when efforts and initiatives did start from a place of inclusiveness and had community participation and had community involvement, those potential remedies and solutions had the deepest viability and seemed to persist and basically to show legs for the long-term. And I think these lessons point towards a tactical and strategic conclusion if not a principle, 
for our broader work as justice-making collectives. Our species cannot overcome the challenges that might lead to our own extinction if we do not include everyone in the process. We cannot blossom into the best expression of our humanity without understanding our interconnectedness and cherishing the universal dignity that that implies. When we look at the state of crisis for our planet, perhaps for our species and certainly within our democracy, we can see that achieving an inclusive democracy is the axiomatic step. Without that, any long-term solutions will probably prove ephemeral. And as my companion in the struggle for voter voting rights, Andrea Miller of Reclaim Our Vote and the Center for Common Ground says, we must be clear-eyed that we are in the middle of a movement for voting rights, a mass mobilization to save our democracy and counter the forces of hate and repression that have opposed enfranchisement at every step since the vote was granted to black male soldiers after the Civil War. To my view, voting rights, inclusive democracy is the struggle of our current generation, of the season of our lives, because it will set up success in confronting the big systems of oppression and the complex global problems our species faces. Without inclusive democracy, without voting rights, we will be stymied on all the justice issues that matter to our fellow suffering, our fellow suffering harm. Be those harms of indignity and exclusion, environmental degradation, or economic dis disenfranchisement. So we need for Americans, for you, to engage for the health of our democracy. We need you at the rallies and writing your elected officials in support of at least the two big bills that cover these issues that are on the docket right now, the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. But we also need to understand that the work does not stop there, that the torch which has been handed to us in our nation's long crawl towards liberty and justice for all must be carried forward and passed on. And that is what UUSJ does in our way. We provide opportunities for you to live your values through advocacy, hoping you play your part in making what Representative John Lewis called good and necessary trouble. Because the struggles for social justice are not a sprint, they are a relay. Each person, each community, each generation doing its part to better humanity and prove the odds that our species will mature beyond the threat of self-inflicted annihilation. No, things won't be easy as we advocate policies grounded in that inclusive interconnectedness what I would frame as love. Even receptive officials need to be persuaded to stick to their promises and previous votes to do the right thing. And this, this is never more present than right now as we watch the wrangling and preparations for dealing with the filibuster rule on Capitol Hill. Even the best leaders need external pressure applied to force their hand. And I, I, I learned this working with the two governors of Puerto Rico that I had the honor to serve. That when ordinary constituents want to make change, we must be organized and persistent. We must be responsive and resilient we must be more committed to justice than anyone expects. 
It's the only way to outmaneuver the money interests. So in closing, in my view, as the headlines have shown over the past two years or so, the bill on the culture of indifference has come due. It is clear that our collective liberation is the only way forward. And to have a shot at that, we must have inclusive democracy. So for me, it's voting rights or bust. Thank you. Thank you very much, Pablo. We will now have the musical response from Alex Wong. Close my eyes and I count to ten You vanish just like you did back then Beneath the branches of the banyan tree Oh why do you still hide from me? The sun is low in the southern sky our shadows stretch into the night I close my eyes and I count to ten Do we have to play this game again? Show yourself, show yourself Come out, come out, wherever you are Show yourself Show yourself Come out, come out Wherever you are Wherever you are The monsters we keep out of sight Still scratch at the door Go bump in the night But wild things will not be tamed do we call them out by name? And I miss the sound of my father's Chinese Fading in the suburban breeze Why do I run from what I used to be? Why am I hiding from my history? Show yourself Show yourself Come out, come out Wherever you are Show yourself Show yourself Come out, come out Wherever you are Wherever you are Wherever you Show yourself, 
show yourself Come out, come out Wherever you are Show yourself Show yourself Come out, come out Wherever you are Wherever you are Wherever you are Wherever you are Wherever you Wow, some very evocative music today. This is our community response time, an opportunity for those, some of us to add our own voices to the morning, sharing our reflections on the platform and what resonated in our own lives. I invite you to share in the Zoom comments or later on Facebook or YouTube, and I will try and keep up with as many as I can uh, better enlarge my chat window here to uh, see more of what people have been saying. <clears throat> um, I see a number of uh, just expressions of appreciation to Pablo for his uh, very wonderful and thought-provoking uh, platform. And Pablo is also thanking us for our collaborations with UUSJ. Uh, Peter says, I've been to four public demonstrations on voting rights this year, including two that should have been bigger on the mall itself. It is apparent to me that COVID has really reduced the size of these demonstrations, but this cannot stop us from trying to get into good trouble. I'm wondering what else people have uh, found um, as ways to be involved in voting rights or in other important issues of social justice. Uh, Mark Mayer says, thank you, Pablo, food for thought. Uh, I know many of us participated in uh, postcard campaigns last year. Um, and I know some members of WES have gone door-to-door -door canvassing as well. All important efforts. And if you haven't yet been doing something but are now thinking anew about something that you might want to get involved in, uh, be interested to hear about that as well. Joe London says, we all do better when we all do better. Yep. Yep. Um, Felix Adler referred to the ethical manifold as the metaphor, as his metaphor for a society in which the interconnectedness of everyone is recognized and everyone gets a chance to be uniquely themselves and contribute to the good of the whole. I guess that has a lot in common with the more modern expression, collective liberation, or at least it seems that way to me. Wait another moment or two to see if any more comments come in. Ah. Yes, Joe, thanks, Abby and John, for great slides today. They have really been hitting it out of the park for some time now, as far as I'm concerned. I think uh, the slides have been a real asset to our Sunday platform meetings. Ah, Lynn points out that the UUSJ homepage has a place to sign up for action items. And Rajesh is seconding Joe's message. All right. Well, thank you for your contributions to the uh, chat today. Just as we share our perspectives in this community, so too do we share our resources and gifts. Here at WES, we split the Sunday collection between our operating budget and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. 
We appreciate each person's generous giving as they're able. Our share of the plate partner for October is, you guessed it, the UUSJ. As we heard today, UUSJ's mission is to advance equitable national policies and actions through engagement, education, and advocacy. Besides voting rights and democracy, some other core issues of UUSJ's work are environmental action, immigration justice, and economic equality. Both congregations and individual people can be members of UUSJ. Gifts to UUSJ support programs such as the Right Here, Right Now letter writing campaigns to Congress, the REAB Project for Voting Rights, citizen advocacy training programs such as the Storytelling for Advocacy Project, and public witness activities for social, economic, immigration, and environmental justice. On the slide, you'll see the number to give by text for today's collection, which is 202-335-1885. You can also make a gift online through the donate button at our website, ethicalsociety.org. We will now receive your gifts and the gift of music. So I see I misspoke uh, earlier. The Reeb Voting Rights Project is an initiative of All Souls Church Unitarian with which uh, UUSJ partnered uh, on voter mobilization across seven states. So glad to give credit where credit is due. And speaking of which, thank you so much to the many people who helped to create this morning's time together. Our guest speaker, of course, Pablo de Jesus, Interim Music Coordinator Leah Morris and guest musicians Alex Wong and Oshane. Oshane, I'm not sorry, sure how that's pronounced. Sorry about that. Uh, membership Coordinator Maceo Thomas, slide artist John, John and Abby Dakin, and today's tech host was John Lika. Thanks to Robin Kravitz for communication support and hosting the virtual coffee hour at the conclusion of this platform. Thank you also to those who are leading and supporting our work in the weeks to come. As always, this week has a variety of opportunities for West members and friends to connect virtually around shared interests and in support meetings and discussion groups. For example, volunteers who are organizing for the Afghan Welcome Project will meet today at coffee hour. Kate Lang is heading up that effort. Um, Volunteers who are interested in teaching children or youth at any level in the coming year are invited to a teacher orientation meeting by Zoom this next Saturday from 10 to noon. Please contact C coordinator and Dara Miles for more information on that. Two weeks from today, we will have a lot going on. Uh, that's October 17th. We'll be, that will be the first day of classes for the pre-kindergarten through second grade class. That will be outdoors during platform. 
It will also be the first day of the high school youth group, and that too will meet during platform. In addition, after platform, starting at 1.30, the outdoor meetup that was going to take place today for middle school students, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, will be happening that day instead. So not today, but on October 17th. Uh, please contact Youth Coordinator Linda Irizarry Zari for details or, or check the latest SEEK newsletter. And that day will also be our fall membership meeting. So we hope all members will stick around after platform on Zoom for the membership meeting. Uh, there will be an election for the Lay Leadership Development Committee. We'll hear from the task force charged to study the issue of recording membership meetings and there will be other business to discuss. Members will receive an email later today with the full agenda, so please look for that. And parents, if you are bringing your uh, children or youth for any of those events, um, you're welcome to uh, bring your phones and tablets into the building if you are um, masked and socially distant. Um, please contact Indara or Linda for any of the details about the children's and youth activity. Excuse me. At the end of the month, uh, the weekend of the 30th and 31st, we will have two services of remembrance this year. In addition to the Remembrance Sunday platform on Zoom, there will also be an outdoor in-person remembrance vigil on Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m., where people will have an opportunity to light a candle and name their loved ones who died or to support others who are doing so. As we've done for other outdoor events, we'll stay masked and sign in for contract tracing purposes. As has been true for other outdoor events, it will be good for those who are able to attend to be together. You can find details for our upcoming activities at the website calendar at ethicalsociety.org. Thank you for being here with us today. We hope you'll join us again next Sunday, October 10th, when interim leader Lynn Cox will lead a platform called Asters and Goldenrod, discussing a paradigm shift in how we relate to the earth on the weekend of Indigenous Peoples Day. Now let's enjoy together our closing song of the month, We Shall Be Known, performed today by interim music coordinator, Leah Morris. We shall be known by the company we keep as the ones who circle round to tend these fires. We shall be known as the ones who sow and reap the seeds of change alive from deep within the earth. It is time now. It is time now that we thrive. It is time we lead ourselves back to the will. It is time now, and what a time to be alive. In this great turning, we shall learn to lead in love. In this great turning, we shall learn to lead in love. We shall be known by the company we keep as the ones who circle round to tend these fires. We shall be known as the ones who sow and reap the seeds of change alive from deep within the earth. It is time now, it is time now that all thrive. It is time we lead ourselves back to the well. It is time now, and what a time to be alive. In this great turning, we shall learn to lead in love. In this great turning, we shall learn to lead in love. In this great turning, we shall learn to lead as love.
I now invite you to join me in our closing words for the month. Let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment, cultivating relationships with each other, our own conscience, and our neighbors in our quest for a better world. Well, this concludes our platform today. Thank you again for joining us. And uh, please join us also for virtual coffee hour by pointing your browser to tiny.cc slash West Coffee Hour, as you can see on the screen there. Once we're in the Zoom coffee hour space, we'll divide into breakout groups, which you are welcome to drift in and out of as you choose to greet different people. Again, if you're new to our community, please send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, and introduce yourself. Hope everyone has a great week, and I look forward to seeing you hopefully in the coffee hour um, and again in person one of these days and again next week here on Zoom.